That's a no ball as well, boys. That's going to be a free hit. That's gone to Sydney. The Jack Fingleton scoreboard was nearly hit, and surely it's a free hit as well. Oh, he gets another full toss. And it's the same result. It's catching practice for the crowd, and that is an epic 50. He's joined in again. He's smelling blood in the water. This is an unbelievable comeback from the Sydney Thunder. They bowled exactly where he wants them. He's hammered that on the offside. Lobbed it into the crowd. And they've won the game. An incredible performance. The Sydney Thunder have come from the clouds. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me once again after a week off last week, it's a very warm welcome back to you, Robbie McKinlay. Great to be back, Matt. Um, I was wondering at one point, will I be asked back? Because um, Tadzi, generally this does the Tadzi take, he really warmed to that uh, second chair. And oh. uh, I got a feeling he felt pretty comfy in there. And yes, I I got a few of his little messages during the <laughs> the, 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 show, the episode. I will stay in my lane. Um, I had some good stats. I was going to throw at it, but no, nah, I'm going to stay at his. His stats are incredible at the moment, and he's loving it because it's just a real stat season so far, and particularly in and around his man Marnus, who um. You know, as we're recording this, they're into the second day's play and, and Marnus is just batting on. He's got three centuries in a row. So, it's yeah, so well done, Tabsy. Thanks for filling in, guys, that I'm back up and about, ready to rock and roll again, mate. And, uh, yeah, pretty pumped BBL around the corner. Uh, the uh, Aussie girls are in India. And, yeah, so so much happening, Matty. Oh, there certainly is, Robbie. And I was thinking last week we might need to change the official name of the show to the Marnus Lovershane Weekly. Tabsy certainly certainly didn't leave out too much in in the Martis column last week. And and I dare say when Tabsy's take comes a little bit later on, we we may even hear a little bit more data around how well he's going and hopefully some Big Bash data as well coming Mm. up. Uh, And speaking of the Big Bash, Robbie, my kids have been counting it down at Burrabadeen. Tuesday, the opening game of the season. The raging favourites for the season, the Sydney Thunder. Uh, are they? The what? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, hang on. You might be right. You might be right. I'll tell you why. Why is that? Because Sydney Thunder are hosting a trophy tour in my backyard, basically, down here in Aubrey on Sunday. Oh, how good. Uh, I wonder. Because, obviously, they're playing here on New Year's Eve against the Hobart Hurricanes. Well, maybe, maybe they're just, just going to leave yeah. the trophy down there and say, well. Why not? Yep. Yep. Come and I get, get an office. No, fair enough. Yeah, let's, let's, I'm going to install them as favourite. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So it's that... Well, hang a minute. Yeah. Why don't we ask um, the, the great Mary Ann Henderson? She tipped the winner of the yes. uh, WBBL. I'll put it out there. We might we might uh, make contact via socials with Mary Ann and uh, see if she's got a tip for us. Well, she's a very loyal listener. I dare say she'll be making contact with us as soon as this hits the airwaves and let, let's go through the teams. I'm going to do something really revolutionary here, Robbie. I'm going to suggest we just go through this in alphabetical order. How's that sound? Okay. Wow. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> really groundbreaking stuff. Now, the Adelaide Strikers uh, news just dropping a couple of days ago. Ben Menenti has signed with them. One of their, I think he's the last one to yep. join their squad. Some other big names in there. Obviously, the big one in the offseason was Chris Lynn. A bit of Lynn sanity set to take over the Adelaide Oval this summer. One I was really pleased to, to see, and you're going to be shocked by this, Robbie, uh, Cameron Boyce <laughs> coming across <laughs> from, uh, from the Melbourne Renegades, uh, a, a leg spinner. But i tell you who I like here, Robbie. Um, there's a couple of players. One is Peter Siddle. Yes. And I, I just feel like Peter Siddle is one of the smartest bowlers in the Big Bash. And he just has a way of restricting the runs, keeping keep, keeping batters trying to manufacture a shot that may or may not be there. And so I, I, I'm listing him as one of my key players for the strikers this year. And the other one who I was extremely impressed with down at the Sheffield Shield game between South Australia and New South Wales is Wes Agar. He's, okay. all, he's always been good with the ball, Robbie, but what I saw from him with the bat, he came in as a night watchman uh, and then made some runs, and he looks like mm. he's the kind of guy that, you know, come in that 16th over and he needs to help the established batter get the total up there. He's he's my player, player to watch along with Peter Siddle in this yeah. this season for the Strikers. Hard to argue with that. Um, the one I like too is uh, the Kiwi Colin de Granderholm. Yeah, he can hit a big ball. He loves seeing the ball through the square on the leg side. Uh, hello, Adelaide Oval, short boundaries. Just be ready to watch a bit of that. So, no, that's a good one. Well, Maddie, well, all right. Well, I'll take up the next one, which of course is Brisbane Heat, following alphabetic order, and that system has worked well for many, many years. This alphabetical order, so. It's nearly Nothing as good new. as the Dewey Decimal System, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I was waiting to say that. <laughs> All right, now, what can I find across this Brisbane Heat side? I'm just looking at it. Matty, it's funny old side, the Heat, and this might be their strength this year. There just doesn't seem to be anyone that really jumps out of you and go, wow, but they all effective. Really like it. Did you, I, see, I it, did you see Xavier Bartlett was on that list? I, he's at the top of the list, and he defied alphabetical order. Uh, <laughs> it's obviously it's in surname, but he will be good. I the, the one that probably interests me a bit, uh, obviously Colin Munro, but um, Sammy Hazlitt. There's another player. Mm. Just goes under the radar. Typical Queenslander. Maxi Bryant is just getting better and better each year. A, a team of no names, Matty, but I reckon that might work in their favour. Expectation possibly down a bit. Performance could go up. Um, I don't think, though, having said that, that they will make the top four. So, but um, yeah, and interesting to see how heat goes. Okay, yeah, well, there you have it. Uh, Hobart Hurricanes, the Kane train. Let's roll on with the Kane train. And no surprise here, my favourite player down at the Hobart Hurricanes, Nathan Ellis, NT Ellis. Uh, try and be as unbiased as I can. There's a Western Zone player in there, Chris Tremaine. Very handy yep. indeed. Uh, ben McDermott, I I think he is one of the cleanest strikers of the ball going around at the moment. Uh, 
They they just seem to have a lot of strike power. Matthew Wade, Ben McDermott, Tim David. Throw in their yeah. throw in their Darcy Short. Yes. Zach Crawley, the overseas yeah. replacement for Shadab Khan. I I really, really like the look of the Hobart Hurricanes. And with someone like uh, RT Ponting behind the scenes in there, mm. yeah, I I think things are looking good. And the other one, um, Joel Paris, if he can stay fit, that is, that is a very, very tidy-looking squad, the Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah, young Will Parker there. We, we watched him on debut at the SCG. Mm. A couple of seasons ago, Matty Bonish leg spinner. So, yeah, I know you've got a soft spot. I will get to see the Hurricanes in the flesh you will. Uh, on New Year's Eve because they're taking on the mighty Sydney Thunder. All right, now, next up, Renegades. I'm, I'm glad I've got the Renegades to look at here because um, I, 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 well, this is starting to sound like the um, Orville Donga library, but uh, <laughs> Robbie, ja- Robbie Jackson is down there as an assistant coach, does a lot of work in the fielding uh, side of things. And they have starting to put together a nice little squad. I'll have you know, Matty. Yeah. And unfortunately, Liam Livingston's withdrawn. But I, you know what? I, I reckon Aaron Finch, with a, just a, a season out of here, doesn't have to worry too much more. Nick Maddinson's the captain. Sean Marsh, Aaron Finch, the top of the order. They're pretty reliable. Will Sutherland is one of the most improved cricketers in, in through the Australian system. Can Andre Russell in those first four matches have an impact? That's the question. Marty Guptill, um, you know, he's replacing Livingston. Yeah, I'm just not – the Renegades, they, they, they just remain a big question mark. I, Matty, correct, I, Tabsy would know this, but I've got a funny feeling. Have they finished bottom uh, three years in a row? Yeah, yeah. I think Tabsy, okay. Tabsy will touch on some of that data in oh, Tabsy's take. So. You've jumped out of me lane, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> we, might, uh, we might get some more feedback there from Can our, you just cut that bit out, please? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send it through to our editing team. Uh, yeah, I I have a similar feeling about the Renegades. I I think mm. Aaron Finch could be a genuine match winner for them. Uh, no more uh, international responsibilities there, you wouldn't think, yep. at this stage. Um, so, he, yeah, he might be freed up to just relax and enjoy his cricket. So that, that that's All right. potentially a good opportunity. But I, I don't see them... I don't see them making a massive dent in the competition this year. Um, You're saying they're not going to make the top four? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying uh, they, they're going to be in the bottom three. Okay, wow. So All good, right, well, that, that's good news for Melbourne Renegades fans because they'll probably do very well now that I've said that. Crosstown rivals, the Melbourne Stars. Uh, you run me. What do you like about that list? Yeah, so this list... How this team has not won a big bash over the years just defies belief for me. Mm. Um, be interesting to see. I don't, I'm not sure how long Glenn Maxwell's leg injury will be keeping him out of action. Uh, Adam Zampa will be captaining the side. Uh, okay. Yep. A, a very good person to have in charge, I think. A, a, a wonderful short format player, Adam Zampa, and a great chance to see his leadership potential. Nathan Coulter-Nile. Hardened professional in there, guys like Hilton Cartwright who can hit a long ball, and then the one I'm most interested in. I think this is a very good pickup for the Melbourne Stars. Trent Bolt. Oh, if, if Trent Bolt massive. can get the ball swinging, 
uh, they will make inroads. And, and that all-important first phase of the game is is crucial to try and get breakthroughs and, and wickets at that time. And I, I, I really think Trent Bolt is a, a, a wonderful pickup for the Stars. And another one yeah, I like I in there, Clint Hinchliffe. I oh, like he's one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah Warnie like, loves him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So what did he call him Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and of course Marcus Stoinis, like, yeah. yep. I mean, you got star power like Marcus Stoinis. You, you're always going to go well. So it'll be a matter of how well they gel as a unit. They've always had good individual players at the Stars, and they've always threatened to win, uh, but we just mm. we just haven't seen it yet. But a team that threatens to win and regularly wins uh Robbie the the Perth Scorchers are they just invincible uh, no no they're not they WA Cricket's had a very good run of it late um they do a lot right they've, they've got the game down pat almost haven't they they've really perfected the domestic T20 and you know perhaps we should be looking at more of these players you know coming out of WA they seem to be playing the game as well as any. Now, guys like Matthew Kelly, Josh Inglis, uh, Lance Morris, who's been added into the uh, test squad, mm. which is an interesting one. I had a friend of mine watched him play shield cricket down at the Junction Oval, and he sent me a message that said, this guy is rapid, and I think he'll play for Australia. So it wasn't a bad shout-out. Uh, Pat Duplessis coming over. He's going to play the first half of the season, I think, Matty. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. That'll that'll drag a few in the turnstiles. Um, Ashton Turner, Andrew Ty, just good, solid contributors. Um, Jason Berendorf. Bancroft's been in great form in Shield cricket and uh, Marsh Cup. Can he translate that into T20 cricket? They'll be up there again. Oh, you could almost say that you know, you're know pretty sure they're going to play semi-finals. So um, I think they are. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to break the order here. I'll I'll have a look at the sixes, which are next. That'll allow you to rule. Just thunder. just before we move on to the sixes, I just noticed the name Cooper Connolly, and you know my love yeah. of alliterated names. He's played yes. Australian under nineteen cricket. He's got the sort of Daniel Johns silver chair, long hair. Uh, he bowls. I think he bowls left hand orthodox spin, and and bats as well. So. I don't know if he's sort of in the frame for that first 11. I don't think he would be at this stage, but just a name to keep an eye on, Cooper Connolly over there at the Perth Scorchers. You like that name, eh? I do like that name. I yeah, do. Yeah, well, I hope he does well. I hope he, you know, I hope he can perform with the bat and ball for you too, Matt. So, all right, now, the Sixers. Well, you talk about Perth being consistent. The Sixers are the same, aren't they? This is a good side. As a matter of fact, the Sixers and Thunder are playing a couple of practice matches uh, on the, the Friday leading into the, the start of the BBL mm. down at the SCG. So that'll be interesting. A couple of good squads. Steve O'Keefe back for another season. Why not? I think he's the best uh, T20 uh, spin bowler, as good as anyone in the competition. I might have Josh to Phillips. rethink. Can I? I might have to rethink my comments around Peter Siddle being the smartest bowler yeah. in, in Big Bash. I oh. really think Stephen O'Keefe has the street smarts. He's such a good... I, I call Stephen O'Keefe a bluff bowler. He just... Yeah. yeah, he just... He gets in the head of the batters and he bamboozles them. 
He's yep. just a really, really smart bowler, Stephen O'Keefe. I'll, I'll put him on the podium with Peter Siddle in that smartest bowler in Big Bash um, competition. Okay. He deserves that. And, oh, and a shout-out to Socky, too. It's his birthday today when we're recording. Oh, happy so birthday. Happy birthday, Socky. Um, what else? Well, obviously, when, if Hayden Kerr, one of the players of the competition last year. Daniel Hughes. Hughes is just a solid player. Moses Enrique, Dan Christian, Sean Abbott. No wonder they're good. Philip Silk, yeah. James Vint. Oh, I think they're favourites, Matt. I honestly think the Sydney Sixers are favourites to take out the title. Sorry, I I think I just you missed are. that. I think I think I thought I heard you say that the Sydney Sixers were favourites. I well, I, I, I thought are. I was going to preview the favourites. Well, you're about to do that. You've got the first name right, Sydney. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw you into the into the den. Then you tell me why you think Sydney Thunder can win the oh, tournament. Oh, this is this is just a very well balanced, happy playing unit. I'm just going to make a cup of tea <laughs> while Matt does this. The Sydney Thunder they they've just got such good balance, Robbie. They've got good all rounders. They've got strike power up the top with the bat. They've got a great engine room in the middle. And the <laughs> the only the only, <laughs> the only the only minor concern I have is the fact that Tanvir Sanger is currently sitting on the injured list. Because mm. I, I I really think this is this will shock the world again that you need a good spinner, uh, like a world class spinner to really make inroads in this competition. Chris Green is an yeah. excellent spinner. Uh, very does some excellent work. Um, but him and Tanvir working together it was just the extra trump card that I think yep. the Thunder, that, that's the only thing I can see as, as a possible weak spot. And that's not to discredit Usman Kadir, who comes into that lineup. And Usman Kadir could be a handful uh, in this Big Bash tournament. So... I yeah, uh, let's put it out there. Um, I'm as biased as they come, and yep. and I've got green eyes. I drink green cordial. Uh, it's all it's all green here at the Barbadine Cricket Library. But I, I I'm buoyant, Robbie, and I know I'm buoyant every yep. year. Yep. But I I'm particularly buoyant this year. Okay. So well, that's good. I, look, I, I like to look at the side too, to be honest. Um, they just got to get a little bit more consistency. They just that, that's it. That's what I like about the six. The six have got that ability to win those games when you think they're gone. Um, mm. Yeah, look, it's set up good. So looking at that, Matty, we think we we're pretty buoyant about Perth. Yep, couple of Sydney sides. Um, I'm less buoyant about the Melbourne teams. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so if I had to rank Hobart. them, Robbie, I, I reckon I'd go Thunder one, Hobart yep. Hobart two. Then I'm going to go Sixers three. Yep. Uh, then I'm going to uh, lock in uh, Strikers next. Wow. They're four. You've yeah, got right. the scorches. You've hang on. You've got the scorches missing the final. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. No. Wow. I, no, sorry that that wow. that's that's uh, a headline. Yeah, no, sorry. Let's let's go. They scorches definitely definitely in the in the finals. 
so, I'll so just remind you, Matt, it is a top four, I believe. Oh, here we go. This will create some congestion. It's a five. It's a top five. It is a top five. So so in my top five, in order, we're going to go Thunder, Hurricanes, Scorchers, Sixers, and then and then it's out of the heat and the strikers for that fifth place. And I, I'm I've got the I've got the strikers just ahead. You've ruled out the Melbourne sides, haven't I, you? I've I've put a line through the Melbourne sides. Yeah. Until you don't live on the border. No, that's that's hundred percent correct. So yeah. there, there's mine. So um Send us yours on the socials, everyone. Love to hear what your top eight are. Yeah. I'd be interested to get Tabsy's take on this as well. Um, Robbie, what about you? Are you going to go out on a limb? You're saying sixes first? Oh, I think they're the favourite battle. I'm, I'm not as much into selecting, you know, who's going to do this and who's going to do that. But I, I just, yeah, I just like to, I, I find the sixes are what you, a reliable side, Matty. You, can, yeah. you sort of know what you're going to get with them, which is always a good thing. Like, you know, in any, any, Level walks of life, isn't it? So, and Perth, I think, are in the same boat. So, I just think on that alone, there's two spots already done. Um, and then the rest is up for grabs. I think, I think the Melbourne Stars, yes, they could make it too, but um, I'm probably not as dismissive as those Victorian sides as you are. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, apologies no, to I'm, all our loyal listeners in Victoria. I know there's a lot of you, so. We just need to get a, get the competition gets away to a flyer and get mm. some action going, and we'll be right. Looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise, Robbie. Well, let's take a quick break so all our Victorian listeners can send their their uh, letters of encouragement to me. And mm. uh, <laughs> when we come back, we'll have our very own Tabsy with Tabsy's take in just a moment on the Cricket Library Weekly. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly. And due to budget cuts, we unfortunately couldn't afford to get an AI robot to introduce the most popular segment in podcasting today. And maybe because it is the most popular segment in podcasting today, it needs no introduction. A very warm welcome to Tabsy. And you're only doing a condensed amount of work this week, mate. Yeah, just going back to my uh, statistical Tabsy's take uh, this week. It's great to hear Robbie's uh, fit and firing again and, and he's back and hearing his thoughts. So uh, welcome back, Robbie. Yeah, great to have Robbie back. He was a little bit nervous listening last week. I, I think um, when I mentioned former host Robbie McKinlay, I think I think my phone started to light up when he must have heard that there was some speculation around his long-term prospects. But, yeah, great to have Robbie back and great to have you back, Tabsy. Let's start off with our answer to our trivia question, and that was around the day-night tests. Can you fill us in, Tabsy? I can fill all the listeners in. I know that everyone's been waiting all week for this answer, and I can reveal that uh, currently... In the test against the West Indies, this is the seventh day-night test um, at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, in the previous six matches played at the Adelaide Oval, Australia's won all of them. So they're undefeated uh, at the Adelaide Oval in day-night test matches. In, in fact, they've played 10 day-night test matches all together in different venues. Hobart and uh, Gabba comes to mind straight away, and they're 10 from 10. So 
Australia yet to taste defeat or even draw in a day-night test match. Well, is this possibly a push to say maybe Australia should refuse to play daylight hour test matches? I think so. I know Australia are a huge, were a huge driver uh, into getting day-night tests through um, the previous CEO, so maybe he knew something. Yeah, maybe he did. And, and we've beaten... Yeah, because we wanted to know who Australia had beaten, Tabsy, and, and Australia beaten England twice. Gee, that sounds nice. Can I say that again? Say it again. Matt Fiction will be listening to this, no doubt. They have beaten England twice. Also beaten New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and India. So, yeah, plenty, plenty of victories, plenty of happy memories for Australia in, in day-night test matches. Uh, plenty of happy memories for those who were participants in the Pakistan-England game. Well, well, perhaps if you're a batter in that game. What a feast, Tabsy. What, what a match. I know I know. during the week that we were discussing uh, between us about the highest first inning score to go on losing a test match. And for a while there, England were about to break that record where they're 675. But in the end, they got the job done uh, in the second innings uh, by bowling Pakistan out. But um, apart from all the records they broke last week, which we went through, they've also, this test match broke the record for the most runs scored in a five-day test match. Mm. uh, 1,768 runs were scored. Um, The record is actually uh, 1,981 runs, uh, but that was in a timeless test in 1939 uh, between South Africa and England, and uh, that lasted 11 days. Um, But it ended in a draw. It ended in a draw with England needing uh, 41 runs to win. Um, But uh, back then in 1939, a a major event was about to take place, so uh, (laughs) they had to leave to get home to us to try and avoid any. uh, uh, any situation that might have arisen there. So, yeah, the ship so. was about to set sail, so to speak. Yes, yeah, there was a major uh, major event happening in Europe that was about to happen, uh, which meant that they had to get back. And so a timeless test that ended up ending in a draw. There wouldn't have been too many of them. Yeah, yeah, not, not, not at all. And, gee, that's a lot of runs. That is a lot of runs indeed. Now, Adelaide Oval, Tabsy, uh, quite a good venue... For the goat, yeah, the Adelaide Oval is a great, uh, a great ground for uh, Nathan Lyon, um, and he's about to break two records or potentially break two records uh, in this Test match. He's currently equal with Shane Warne for the most wickets in Test in Adelaide with fifty six. Um, but amazingly, Lyon has done it in two less Test matches than Shane. Wow! Uh, and with a better and with a better average, twenty six point five five compared to thirty point four four. That is incredible. Yeah, so uh, Adelaide's a good hunting ground for uh, for uh, spinners, and he'll add Adelaide Oval to the Optus Stadium in Perth for uh, most wickets by a bowler in Test cricket. Yeah, he's ticking them off, isn't he? N.M. He is. Lyon, uh, wonderful career he's had, and I know he's probably not interested in these personal milestones, and we'll, we'll no doubt hear that these are the kind of things you look back on at the end of your career. But what, what a wonderful achievement for the off-spinner. Now, he has he has found a wonderful combination with Steve Smith. He has. Yeah, he's loving Steve Smith. Probably a lot of these catches will be at first slip. But 
Um, himself and Steve Smith have equaled Shane Warne and Mark Taylor to the best uh, bowler-fielder uh, combination with 51 uh, wickets between the two. And um, that doesn't include wicket-keepers, so it's yep. just the fielders. Um, so if Steve Smith can take a catch off Nathan Lyon this test match, they will hold the record for the most uh, catches uh, between a bowler and a fielder. Oh, there you go. And yeah, Smith, but, Smith's been taking them really well. His reflexes have been sharp. Yeah, he's been really good um, at first slip. And, um, yeah, so I'd back if they can find the edge, I'm backing him in. I, I reckon Steve Smith will, will gobble that up. Um, but amazingly with all this, Shane Warne is actually involved with three of the top four. So apart from Mark Taylor, um, he had 39 catches with both uh, Matthew Hayden and Mark Wall, which is number three and four on the list. Oh, right. So, Warney is just, gee, he was a great bowler, and I guess I guess there's multiple places in the field where he's creating dismissals. He is, yeah, and I reckon a lot of them would have fielded at first slip. It would probably be a handy spot to uh to field to shame. Warney would be good to watch anyway. Oh, you'd have to have one of the best seats in the house. I think umpiring to Shane Warne would have been incredible as well. Just just yeah, looking I down. Mind. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind that. Uh, now, TM Head, he got over the nervous 90s this time, out for 99 in Perth, and I, I'm just scratching my head, Tabsy. I think it's been quite a long time since a South Australian would have peeled off a ton in a test match at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, it's been 28 years uh, between drinks for South Australian batsmen at Adelaide Oval, so uh, TM Head, yeah. First South Australian to score an Adelaide Oval century in 28 years. Gee. Uh, we had to go back to the 1995 season uh, to find that. Was that G.S. Blewett's test debut? Well, I reckon you could be right on that one. And P.E. McIntyre helped get him over the line there. I remember Greg Blewett dancing down the wicket because he knew that Peter McIntyre wasn't going to last much longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably a great way to have... Uh, to sum that up, I reckon, for why Blewett. Yeah, and uh, Steve, Steve Smith, he he is... If, if you had a said to the West Indies, look, you can have Steve Smith for zero uh, in this test match, they'd go, oh, yes, please. They'd be rubbing their hands together. They didn't bank on uh, the Marnus Labashain show, but ha- how good has Steve Smith been against the West Indies in tests? Well, he's been going so good that his dismissal uh, yesterday on Thursday on day one of this test match was the first time that the West Indies have dismissed him uh, in a test match since December 2015. So seven years between drinks um, between dismissals for the West Indies on Steve Smith. Oh, wow. That's that's a pretty pretty impressive record that I I would love to have an opposition... Uh, which I'd be invincible against for that period of time. That's that's outstanding. And speaking of being invincible, we had a question in. Now, one of our regular listeners, Mitch, he, he sent a, an electronic message through to the library and he asked this question, Tabsy. Uh, I'm just going to read it here because I reckon you might know the answer to this. So this came th- came through. It says, Dear Library, who was the last Australian batsman to score three consecutive hundreds? And I, I think, I think you might be able to tell us. 
I can tell you this, yeah, and we can't have a statistical uh, segment without my man being involved. Mine, <laughs> he is a statistical dream, a delight for anyone who loves the stats of cricket because he's just churning them out uh, left, right and centre. And especially today, he's the second fastest to 3,000 test runs, um, only behind, again, <laughs> the other statistical wandering Bradman. Um, <laughs> Bradman did it in 33 innings, but Lubbershane took 51. Um, but to go back to Mitch's question, um, so Lubbershane has now jo- uh, scored three con- uh, 300s in consecutive innings for the second time. That's um, unbelievable. The person that did that previously was Coley yep. and Masood um, for international players. Yep. Uh, in Australia, um, Lubbershane was the last one to do that, so he's now done it twice. But if we had to go back to David Warner, uh, to find another place who's done that in Australia. So Lubbershane and David Warner actually are the only two Australians to have done it twice. Oh, wow. So it doesn't happen very often, but uh, Jack Spingleton holds the record for Australia. He did it in four consecutive innings. Um, so when Lubbershane comes out to bat again, he has a chance to equal that record um, if he gets long enough to bat in the second yeah, innings. Yeah, that's, 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 that. that's what I was wondering. Like, if he's 46 not out... That just puts a line through him for that record. It does. So he'll either want Australia to win by an innings or have a long time to bat in the second innings to, uh, to hopefully equal that, e- to record, equal that record. There's no, no doubt he'd be scrutinising Google and uh, his local cricket library to, to be aware of this Jack Fingleton stat. More likely, he's, he's sitting in his hotel room listening to this. So, good evening, Marnus. It's great to have you listening. And, um, yeah, we advise you to try and get past Jack Fingleton. Or equal, yeah, ja- equal Jack Fingleton and then and then go past him uh, at the Gabba when Australia take yeah, on South it. Africa in front yeah. of your home crowd. Imagine that, Marnus. Oh, oh he'd, he, he's all over it. He, he's, he's already talking to Steve Smith now. Yeah, yeah, they're in, they're in deep discussions about it. Yeah, and then he'll have Pat Cummins there as well. He'll if he's back for the, the Brisbane Test, just to just to remind him what needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Robbie and I have preview, previewed the the Big Bash, and we've worked out whether it's a top four or a top five. So you'll be pleased to know that. Um, and I've even made some predictions about who I think is going to win, and this will shock you, Tabsy. Well, it might not shock you actually. I've I've predicted the Thunder. To win the big bash, uh, but can you, can you give us some data? Just just a couple of little snippets around some of the teams in in the big bash. Yeah, well, I'll start with your thunder now that you've re- you've raised it. Well, I'll start with the ugly. With oh, the thunder, but they have what? They've won the most wooden spoons in big bash history with four. What? Um, yeah, I know. There was a, the time in BBL one, two, and three where they went. Back to back to back. Yeah. Not the right way. There's I a think fair BBL drought. Two, drought between wins there as well, I think, at some stage. Yeah. Unfortunately, in BBL 2, they didn't get to sing the victory song at all. Mm, I think um, I was at a but, few of those games as well. Yeah. Yeah. But in a more positive news is that the Thunder have made the semis in the last three seasons. Um, okay. So, which is a better idea. We'll, we'll stick with that for you. Yeah, and that's good. I to, like that. To help you out, they've played in one final and they're undefeated. They, they beat the Melbourne Stars in their only final. They so are undefeated, if they just, yeah. If they can make the final, your prediction might come true. Or 
the stats will say will come true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to the wooden spoon, so with the stats, the strikers and the Hurricanes have never won the wooden spoon. So this, okay. I don't know if this will be the year. I do actually like the Hurricanes. I think their squad's looking quite good. Jimmy Neesham coming into their squad this week is a good pickup. Yep. So, yeah, the Hurricanes. Um, That's two of us that like the Hurricanes. I've got the Hurricanes yeah. in my top couple of teams. Yeah, and, which would be good for the Hurricanes because they're one of two teams to have never won the Big yes. Bash League. Yes. So, so they, the Hurricanes and the Stars haven't lifted the trophy. I think the Stars, Maxwell out for the season, I think they might struggle. But Soinus is in good form and they've got Zampa, of course, who's going to captain the side, who's you know one of Australia's top white ball bowlers. So yep. they, they'll, they'll be in with a shot. But yeah, that, I think they might struggle without Maxwell. But the Hurricanes, I think might be able to break their drought in uh, BBL 12. But saying that, if you're looking for a final, you can nearly write the Scorchers... Uh, you can nearly write the Scorchers are going to be in the final because they've made the final seven times out of the 11th season. That's unbelievable. Uh, that is seven out of 11, and they've won four titles, which is the most by any team. Um, but if the Scorchers make the final, there's a very good chance the Sixers might join them for... The fact is that apart from making the last three finals, uh, the Sydney Sixers, the Scorchers v Sixers have played in five finals. So five and 11 finals have been the Sixers versus the Scorchers. Oh, gee, that's a bit boring. I oh, know. Give the other teams a go. <laughs> I want the Hurricane play the Stars. <laughs> so, so we're going to have a new champion. You know what I want? I want the Renegades to run last. Because then they'll yeah, be well, equal with the Thunder on four wooden spoons. Well, amazingly with the Renegades is they won BBL 08 after beating the Stars. And that that and was uh, the Stars were in a very prime position to win that game and somehow the Renegades pulled it out of the fire. Oh, no, I don't know how the Stars have lost that game and I reckon if you ask the Stars, they probably still don't know how they lost that game. <laughs> but after winning the comp, the Renegades have finished last ever since. The last three seasons, they've finished last after winning the comp. So, um, yeah, they'll be looking to uh, to lift themselves off the bottom. Um, but the, with Aaron Finch there now, he's actually hit the most fours in the BBL history with 247 uh, fours. Oh, wow. Um, but Darcy Short is three behind in 244, so it might be a bit of a a four-off between those two to see who's ahead after BBL 12. I reckon we might need a... Uh a line chart race of those guys yeah. with boundaries. So I reckon, watch this space, watch the socials throughout the summer. I reckon that will be a very interesting line chart discussion that we can have. Uh, who, who's going to finish the BBL season ahead? Yep. Will, it be, I'll, I'll will probably, it be Finch or Short? Yeah, and they'll probably play the, uh, the full season too. So, yeah. you know, Finch is a three, four, a three boundary head start. Yep. So uh, let's see if Short can uh, can catch him. Yeah. Well, uh, do we have a trivia question this week? Oh, it's a bit on the uh, on the boundaries. I've just went over who's hit the most fours in BBL history. I don't know who's hit the most sixes. Oh, I think I've got a fair idea of who this might be, but I won't yeah, say yeah. anything. I won't give away any clues. Um, yeah. I won't yeah. even give the colour of the uniform because that would that would probably give you a, a big clue. So I want to know who's hit the most sixes and how many is he hit. Yes. Well, there you go, folks. Get in touch with us on the socials and 
put your answer in and you could be winning yourself some honey courtesy of Rob B's award-winning the honey. Are the bees producing at the moment? <laughs> I'll have to check with Robbie. Uh, don't think I have confirmation of that, but um, but yeah, get your entries in anyway. And also we're asking people to put in their, their predictions for Big Bash as well. So uh, we, we can do that. Well, Tabsy, we're out of time, mate. Uh, we will catch up with you again next week. And uh, thank you for your data once again, as always. And um, hopefully you can enjoy watching more of Marnus batting in the next few days. I can. I cannot wait. It's so good. There's it's cricket on every day now and for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> that is unbelievable. So, so yep. Let's get there. There'll be plenty more stats coming. Yeah, looking forward to that, Tabsy. Thanks so much for joining us, as always. Thank you very much. A massive thanks once again to Tabsy for the very popular Tabsy's Take segment. And Robbie, he's just done it again, hasn't he? Oh, incredible stuff. I don't, know how we, I don't know how he fits it all in, but he, he just loves it. Yeah. And it's good. Well, he's had a little bit more time inside this week. He hasn't had to host the show. so Yeah, that's um, true. But he's lo- loving his work. And I hope our loyal listeners are as well, as I'm sure and know, going by the feedback that they are. Oh, they definitely are, Robbie. And very excited to be talking about the Australian women's team tour of India that will be underway early hours of the morning. So if you listen, I think this will be within an hour or two of this podcast getting released, Robbie. So watch the test match. Test match will finish for the day and then you can maybe have a quick, quick nap. And then I think it's the early hours of Saturday morning, the first game of this tour where Elisa Healy will be captaining the team in the absence of Meg Lanning and, uh, a really exciting time for the Australian women's cricket team, Robbie. Well, it is. It's, it, it's a bit of a new look uh, coaching staff as well. Shelley Nitsky now has been appointed the full-time coach, which is great. And the assistant coaches, Scotty Prestwich and Dan Marsh, who have both done some great stuff uh, at their respective states. As you said, Lisa Healy is captain and Tali McGrath, vice captain. So that's, that's all very exciting. And look, it's an incredibly important uh, tour, these five T20 matches, Maddie. And people might be saying, well, why are we just going to play five T20 matches? Well, the South, the South Africa will host the World Cup in February mm. 2023. So, mate, that's only two months away. And, uh, and after this series, Australia will also host Pakistan in three um, ODIs and also three T20 matches before they go to South Africa. So this is, this is really important. So if you, if you take the five games there, the six games against Pakistan, we're going to have 11 matches played by the Australian side before the World Cup trip, which is really good. I think that just shows you, um, you know, the, the due diligence that Cricket Australia and the ICC are giving um, you know, the, the women's game at the moment. It, it, it's some really exciting stuff happening. Um, yeah, but will we see, you know, Phoebe Lithfield make her debut. Yeah, you know, we'll yeah. see Kim Garth, who's come, who's decided, you know, who's given up residency and citizenship with Ireland to come over and try her luck. So I just think it's a really exciting time. And just have heard there has been a little bit of illness in the camp. So okay, um, hopefully they can get through that. 
it's a good side, but India have been a side in T20 cricket uh, that have troubled our girls the most of any other yeah. side. So, but it's a good-looking side. You look at that pace attack: Darcy Brown, Perry, Sutherland, McGrath, Megan Shute, Nicola Kerry. You know, yeah, Heather Graham, Kim Garfield. It's it, everyone does a bit of everything in that side, so it looks good, mate. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches, really, isn't it, at the moment in Australian women's cricket? The you sort of judge a team by the people that aren't there, and so if you can mm. if you can have some of those players uh, sitting out games, that that shows the the strength and depth of Australian cricket at the moment, and uh, a new coaching regime, and they'll have a chance to take things in the direction uh, that that will work for them, and and the way they see things going forward. I'm really excited that Phoebe Litchfield has the opportunity to be over there. Whether she plays or not, I I don't yeah. I don't really know. I think it's just one of those things where you, you learn so much being in and around the group in those kind of scenarios. And a friend of the Cricket Library, Heather Graham as well, great to see her. She's been in and around that squad for quite some time now and uh, her form in the WBBL was warranting her selection. So... With the World Cup just around the corner, Robbie, as you say, this will be a great test for the Australians and a, a great opportunity for them to work out what combination they think they need to to, mm. to bring home that World Cup in uh, February next year. And the good news, Matty, these games over in India, it's a 12.30 start of the morning, doesn't suit you. It's, it's on Fox and KO, but, uh, of course, with that KO, you'll get a full, you can watch the full replay at your own choice, so... Yeah. Oh, and good news on KO at the moment, Robbie. I think they've got a free trial at the they moment. They have, yes. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't really know if I want to shell out for KO, try the free trial. Watch watch the Why series, not? enjoy it, and then who knows? You can make a decision then whether you, whether you want to keep it or whether you don't. But uh, a, a wonderful time of year. So much cricket going on, Robbie. Robbie, we'd, we'd, we'd better wrap things up. For now, all right. Uh, plenty of Test cricket for us still to watch in this women's series, and looking forward to catching up again next week as we do it all again for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.